and welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA. This is me, Warren Landis, your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And I want to say hello to all of our listeners on uh, Spotify and Anchor FM and some of the other platforms that we broadcast on here at Sunshine USA. Now, uh, over the last few broadcasts, we have been hitting the highlights of the Gospel of John. And that's actually part of a larger series going through a parallel study of the Gospels. And uh, right now we're in uh, the 14th chapter of John. And in just a few moments I'll start with John chapter 14 and verse 1. Uh, yesterday, or on the last program in this series, I did a message titled, Smile, God Loves You. That was based on John 3.16 and John 3.17. And, of course, the whole idea there is that God loves us very much. And, in fact, God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins and mine. That's why Jesus came into the world. John 3.17 reminds us that Christ didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, uh, you can imagine being 68 years old, uh, you can imagine I've heard quite a few sermons in my lifetime. I mean, seriously, I've heard quite a few sermons in my lifetime. But uh, I can tell you that some of the sermons I've heard are not all that great. I've heard sermons where the preacher would devote the whole sermon to preaching about one or more specific sins. And you came away with the idea that, you know, God is angry with the sinner, and that God is mad at the sinner, and God can't wait to send that soul to hell. But you see, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible lets us know that God is a God of love. Now, that doesn't take away from the fact that lost people, more specifically unbelievers, yeah, they're going to hell. But that's not the design of God. The design of God is that they would be saved and come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, you see, it's not God's will that anybody die and go to hell, but we know that a lot of people will. And I've said it before, and I'll probably say it again. There's going to be probably a whole lot more people in hell in eternity than will be in heaven. But that's never been the design of God. God has always desired that... Um, we would want to go to heaven and that we would believe on the name of Jesus. And by the way, that's what you have to do to get saved. The Bible doesn't say you could be good enough to be saved or you could be smart enough to be saved or educated enough to be saved. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, I'd lose out if that was the case. But the Bible says we have to simply believe. Now, this word believe is more than just a head knowledge. It means I have to make a commitment. Now, I've used this illustration before when I'm preaching in person in churches. Uh, I'll bring a chair up to the platform, and uh, I'll look at that chair, and I'll think to myself, you know, I think that chair can hold me up. And so my next step is going to be to actually sit down in that chair. Now, you see, when I sit down in that chair, 
That means I've made a commitment to that chair. I am trusting in that chair. I'm relying on that chair not to let me down. Now, I can remember one time this actually happened. I was preaching in a small country church, and uh, I had one of the deacons bring a chair up to the platform, and he brought a chair up to the platform, and I said, you know, I, I think I could sit in that chair. And I sat in that chair, but guess what? <laughs> that chair was not as strong as I thought it was. That chair broke into a million pieces, and I was sitting on it. And I landed flat on the floor. Amen. You might say, that chair let me down. <laughs> but when I have faith in a chair, when I believe in a chair, I make a commitment to that chair. Some of you uh, have flown on the airplane quite a bit. I haven't ever flown. I mean, I'm almost 70 years old, and I've never flown in an airplane. I think it might be fun to do that sometime, but I've never flown on, flown on an airplane. Now, I tell some people, you know, I take the Bible seriously when it says, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. But now, the thing about it is, if you're going to fly in an airplane, you have to make a commitment to that airplane. You get on that airplane and you have faith and confidence that that pilot knows what he's doing or she's doing, and, and you fly on that plane. You have to make a commitment. And that's what it means to believe. Now, today we come to John, chapter number 14. Starting with verse 1, and it says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Now, we have many things today that would trouble our hearts. There's many things today that worry us and concern us. I mean, if you watch the news, there's enough news stories every day to break your heart. Some of the bad stuff that's happening in the world today. But Jesus says, hey, don't be down. Don't let your heart be troubled. He says, you believe in God, you believe also in me. Because ultimately, you see, God is in control. God is going to take care of everything. If we just believe in him and trust in him. Now, verse 2 is a verse I really like. Verse 2 says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That's in verse 3. Now, I love it here when Jesus says, in my Father's house are many mansions. Now, of course, I realize there are some modern translations out there today which have a different interpretation. They'll say, in my Father's house are many rooms. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't like that translation. I like the translation that says, in my Father's house are many mansions. Not rooms, mansions. I've, I've had lots of rooms in my lifetime. When I was in college, I had a dorm room. 
When I was in seminary, I had a dorm room. Sometimes when I've traveled, I've had a hotel room. I've had many rooms in my lifetime. So you see, when I go to heaven, I'm not looking for a room. I'm looking for my heavenly mansion. And Jesus says he's already prepared it for me. And let me tell you, I get excited about that. Like I say, I've got a really nice apartment that I live in now. It's a fifth floor apartment, one bedroom. Great apartment. It is both the cheapest apartment I've ever had, and it's also the nicest apartment I've ever had. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to live in this apartment till the day I die. But I know one day I'm going to die. But that's not going to be bad either, because you see, when I die, the Bible says I'm going to move into my heavenly mansion. I'm going to move into my heavenly mansion. And I can only imagine how nice that's going to be. I mean, when you think of all the beautiful places there are on earth. Now, I realize man hasn't been the best custodian of earth, but, you know, earth is still a beautiful, beautiful place. And God created it. And it's so beautiful. Now, here's the thing. When you consider that, and then you consider that for more than 2,000 years, Jesus has been up in heaven preparing for us a place. Man, I cannot imagine what it's going to be like. One of the things I look forward to is the fact that in heaven, I'm going to have a new body. I don't have to carry this body around with me everywhere I go. And, and I thank God for that. One of these days, I'm going to have a brand new body. It's not going to get sick. It's not going to experience pain. It's not going to be weak. It won't get tired. I thank God for that. The heavenly body that I'm going to have, it's going to be designed to live forever in this wonderful place the Bible calls heaven. I thank God for that. Then in verse 4 it says, And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Now one of the interesting things here, Jesus is making mention of the fact that one of these days, he's going to go for the purpose of preparing a place for us. And he says, I will come again. This is clearly a reference to the end of time. I will come again. I get excited when I think about the rapture. I believe that the rapture could happen today. I can't think of any prophecy or any scripture that needs to be fulfilled before Christ to come back to this earth. It could happen today. And that's why your being ready for the second coming of Christ is so vitally important. It is so vitally important. Now, a lot of times the devil will tell you, well, you know, you can put that off another day. You don't have to make that decision today. You don't have to make that decision right now. But yes, you really do. Because you see, the Bible doesn't promise that we're ever going to have tomorrow. I remember when my dear mother died back in August the 5th, 1998. My mother didn't get up that morning and say, well, I'm going to die today. Today is the day of my death. 
This is it. She had no idea she was going to die on the day that she died. She assumed that tomorrow and the next day she'd still be alive, but God had other plans. My dad died almost exactly four years ago, back in 2019. I can remember that a week before my dad died, he was eating at his favorite restaurant, one of his favorite restaurants. He actually had several favorite restaurants. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you, my dad loved to eat. And in particular, he loved to eat out. That was his, one of his favorite things to do. He, he told me one time, he said, you know, if I had my druthers, I would never cook anything in my kitchen. I would eat all my meals out. <laughs> in fact, he said, I'd probably make some extra money by just renting my kitchen out to somebody that, that can use it. So he ate out at one of his favorite restaurants within a week of the time that he died. Now, I think my dad knew that his days were numbered, but I don't think he knew that he was going to die that soon. Death always has a way of happening when we least expect it. But as Christians, we don't have to let that get us down. Because you see, the Lord's in heaven right now preparing a place. And I can only imagine how beautiful. You know, that's why the Bible says, I have not seen, ears not heard, nor has it ever entered into the heart of man what God has in store for those that love him. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I get excited about that. Then I want us to skip down to verse number 6. And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's no other way to get to heaven except by Jesus, through Jesus. That's the only way you're ever going to get to heaven. You're not going to get to heaven by being good enough. You're not going to get to heaven by giving enough money to some ministry or some church. You're not going to get to heaven by doing enough good deeds. The only way you're ever going to get to heaven is to say, Jesus, forgive me. I admit I'm a sinner. Lord, even at my best, I'm a sinner. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. And that's all there is to it. It's easy to be saved. It's not easy to be a Christian. It's hard. Those of you that have been a Christian for any length of time, you know that it's hard to be a Christian, right? It's very hard. It's not easy. But, nonetheless, we know that there's nothing more important than getting saved and coming to know Christ as Savior. That's why one of the purposes of Sunshine USA is for me to preach the gospel to all the world. 
in addition, of course, to teaching the Bible to Christians all over the world. There's nothing more important than that. One of these days when I die, I hope that I'm going to be amazed at the number of people that have come to Christ through this radio ministry. You know, somebody asked me the other day, Warren, how many people have been saved through your ministry? I said, you know, I'd like to think it's a lot, but I have no idea. You see, God hasn't called me to be a scorekeeper. God hasn't called me to add up all the numbers. I don't know. I am called of God to faithfully preach his word and teach his word and I simply leave the results up to God. Back some time ago, I heard from a guy who I went to high school with and he shared with me how he got saved as a result of my high school ministry. I've shared this before, back when I was in high school. I preached the gospel in five out of six classes every day. I mean, you add it up. I mean, I was preaching about 25 times a week in high school. And that was in spite of a Supreme Court ruling that said, you can't pray and read the Bible in public schools. Well, I didn't pray and I didn't directly read the Bible. I used scripture memory. I memorized scripture. I quoted scripture. I didn't read it. So in my way of thinking, I was in full compliance with the Supreme Court ruling. I never got in trouble for it. Well, I'll take that back. I did get in trouble for it one time. I almost got suspended from school, but that was okay. In the end, my mom went to bat for me and I didn't get suspended, but I could have. But it was a price that I was willing to pay. But I know of at least one high school student that got saved because of all those sermons I preached in high school. A lot of my high school students made fun of me because of the fact that I would actually preach the gospel in every class just about, plus I would bring my Bible to school every day. Now, like I say, in, in keeping with the court ruling, I didn't actually read from it, but I brought my Bible to school every day. To me, the Bible was just as important as any textbook that I had. <laughs> I remember reading about one college student that got ridiculed by a lot of his college mates because this one college student brought his Bible to class every day. And he got ridiculed because of it. But the guy responded by saying, he said, you know, all these other textbooks, I may have a test in there. But he says, I know I'm going to have a test for, in life today. And the only way I can prep for that test is by reading and studying the Word of God. And so he brought the Bible to school every day. And during his lunch hour, a lot of times he would skip lunch and read his Bible. I did the same thing, by the way. I would read my Bible during lunchtime. Some, sometimes I would just skip lunch altogether because I felt like me privately reading the Word of God, that was more important. I can remember another thing I did. Back when I was in high school, I would go across the street to the woods 
they, they had this church across the street from Carolina High School, and as far as, as far as I know, the church is still there, even though there's been a lot of development in that area since the high school days. But back then, there was some thick woods back behind the church. And I would get to school early every day. My mom had four kids in four different schools. And because I was the oldest, I got dropped off first. And that meant I had about 30 minutes from the time I was dropped off to the time I had to go inside the school building. So I would go inside the school building, but only after I'd spent about 30 minutes in the woods praying and preaching. I preached some of my first sermons right there in the woods. And I remember one day I was preaching and I was really getting with it. <laughs> I said, be sure your sin will find you out. And there, is, there was this couple in the woods sitting on the log. They were getting to know each other, if you know what I mean. And guess what? They popped up like toast out of a toaster. That was one of the first results I ever had from my preaching. Amen. I thank God for that. And one of these days I will see what I accomplished as a result of that. I have been told that some of the people that I witnessed to in high school, they not only got saved, they went on into the ministry themselves. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's all very comforting to me. Now, in the next broadcast, we'll dive a little bit deeper into this 14th chapter of John. He's going to talk a little bit about prayer, and that's such an important topic. I'm, I'm going to wait until the next broadcast to get into that. But if you haven't read the 14th chapter of John in its entirety yet, I, I think that would be a pretty good idea for you to do. And I'll comment on the rest of the 14th chapter of John in the next broadcast. Now, by the way, if you have any Bible study questions, if you have any prayer requests, the best way to communicate with me is by email. I have two different email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com, and the other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. It's all lowercase, very simple, very easy. If you want to contact me by snail mail, you could do that too. My snail mail address is Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street, that's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thrusted Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. That's Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. And I, I can't tell you how much it would mean to me to hear from you. I would love to hear what God is doing in your life as a result of the Sunshine USA ministry, and I would love to hear what city or country you're from as well. So until the next broadcast, this is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you. You have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Sunshine USA.